Welcome back to the Blue Corner Weekly Rundown, episode number 19. Today, we unfortunately have to review our game against Crystal Palace on Monday night and look ahead to the trip to the Amex on Saturday afternoon against Brighton. Ellis, first of all, what are we thinking about Monday then? God, it was another missed opportunity, wasn't it? It was a chance to really, really set up the last few games of the season, wasn't it? Get a home win, start some momentum, really get things going again and it just we just didn't turn up they were so disappointing we looked so disappointed we looked tired as well and considering we had the biggest break between all of the Premier League teams you know from the Manchester City game at 12.30 the week before on the Saturday to the the Monday night game against Crystal Palace we looked leggy and yeah as you say it was a it was a dismal performance like that's the word to describe it like it was awful they were there for the taking and we didn't take them and didn't come away with three points which I thought was very disappointing Obviously, there was a bit of worry before the game because of their managerial situation. Of course, Roy Hodgson took ill, and we hope that he's better as soon as possible. And Ray Lewington and Paddy McCarthy took charge, knowing that Oliver Glasner was in the ground watching on. So that was a tiny bit of a worry, thinking, oh, he's coming in, so he's obviously going to have spoke to the players, and they're all going to want to play to get into his team. But it's just not really enough of an excuse to not still beat them, because they are a poor side, aren't they? We look at the team that they had out, they didn't have Elise, they didn't have Eze, they didn't have Mark Gehi. It was a team that we could have got at and I just didn't feel like we really took the game to them and went for the jugular, really. We yeah, no. you are right. I, I think that, again, we were playing like the away side at home and against teams like Crystal Palace. Listen, against Manchester City, it was the right way to go. It was the right thing to do. Dice set us up well. We were unfortunate to concede two goals to Ireland Haaland. That was the way it went. Against Crystal Palace, I think I said last week, you can't do that. You cannot play like the away side at home, especially against a team like Crystal Palace. We saw it against Luton. We tried it against Luton um, in September and it, it came to bite us. And unfortunately, we've been done again. Luckily, we didn't get beat, but for an Amadou and Arna equaliser in the last five minutes, I think we'd be sat here very, very worried now if we didn't get beat. I think a point kind of keeps us ticking over, but obviously we wanted to take all three. For me... Um, yeah, we, we set up completely wrong. And playing like the away side at home, especially against teams like that, is always going to cause problems. And, you know, we did have the majority of possession. I think we were in the 60s for possession. I think we don't know what to do with the ball, do we? We look devoid of all confidence and devoid of all ideas going forward, especially when we're given the ball. And Crystal Palace were quite happy to sit back and we could not break them down. I think their game plan worked perfectly. Sit back hit us on the counter-attack, score a lucky goal. And that's what exactly what they did. And we were lucky not to get beat. It is worrying when you start to think, like, I wish we had less possession. That isn't really something that you want to go into any game thinking. And you look at the remaining home fixtures, there's a lot of games that will be similar to that. We play Sheffield United at home. We play Burnley at home. Even the likes of Brentford and Nottingham Forest, you may get games similar to that. And teams will know now, just give them the ball. Mm. Because... We don't really have a lot of ideas when we're in possession. We're quite static at times. There isn't a lot of fluid movement. And a lot of that comes from a lack of confidence as well because the players at the moment, they haven't scored an open play goal in a lot of time. It was the 27th of December, yeah, I think Jack we Harrison. said before. Yeah. Jack Harrison's goal against Manchester City. So that's a problem as well. Yes, we're scoring a lot of goals from set pieces. And I will take a moment to credit that. It is fantastic that we score so many goals from set pieces. It's a real weapon that we can use. But you need to be able to score in open play because like we saw in the City game, which is an outlier, you sometimes don't get a corner in a game. And also, you can't bank on that being the only way to score either. No, 100%. And I think for me, the the biggest indicator of that 
was, you know, you look at the Manchester City game, you're not going to get set pieces in every single game. So if you're limiting your attacking output just to set pieces, you're going to struggle in open play. And, and that's what we are. We're, we're really struggling in open play now. And it doesn't help, obviously, that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not finding the target. Not for the want of trying. You know, he, he had chances. He, he wanted to score. But, you know, when you've got a striker that's 19 games without a goal, you're not going to score from open play. You're going to have to bank on a, on a set piece. You know, I, I genuinely thought on Monday night, James Tarkovsky looked like our biggest threat going forward. And that is mental to say, because he had two headed chances, which one was well saved by um, Sam Johnson and the other one he took off an honour at the back post. Um, so for me, James Tarkovsky was our biggest outlet going forward or from set pieces. And if, okay, if you want to play as a team like that, that's that's all well and good, but you need to have output from, from open play as well. And we don't. And, you know, off the bench as well, nothing fills me with confidence coming off the bench. Like earlier in the season, Beto, he was a new player. You know, it was Havoc, controlled chaos, whatever you want to call it. Going forward, he would offer something. Now, obviously, because we're only scoring from set pieces, he doesn't look like he's going to get into the game with open play. And against a team like Brighton, you, again, you're not going to get many chances going forward. You're not going to get many chances from set pieces, I don't think. So I think if you want to play as a team like that, it's a very, very risky strategy for me. 52% of our goals this season have come from set pieces. And while that, may be a positive in some senses it's also a worry in others and I just thought that the the team that played was probably the team that you're going to start against Brighton mm. near enough not maybe not the midfield because I imagine Onana will come in but on the win the fact that they started Ashley Young on the wing is something you'd expect in a game against the bigger side and really in that game we needed attacking players with a bit of X factor even if Lewis Dobbin had started someone with a bit of something to really take the game to Palace and we didn't because obviously Ashley Young is very, very useful squad player, but the guy's 38 and he isn't going to be bombing up and down, is he? And then poor Ben Godfrey isn't a cent he is, is a centre back, isn't he? And he did really well running up and down, but we know that he's not a natural right back, so he isn't going to be there doing the overlaps and flying no, great no, crosses no. in. So it's just quite like it made it quite easy on the right hand side for Palace, and that's just if you if you nullify one half of your team, then you know, it makes it predictable on the other side. And we know as well with Mikalenko, he's not this attacking fullback like we've been spoiled with over the years with Leighton Baines and Luca Dean. You know, Mikalenko, for me, great player. I love Mikalenko to pieces. He's a fantastic player. I think he's really come on this season. However, going forward, we know he's not that kind of player. We, we know that obviously he's working on that side of the game and he, he's getting better at it. But against a team like Crystal Palace, you needed him to, to sort of overlap. He's not at that stage yet where he's fully comfortable doing that. So, you know, you've got two fullbacks there that aren't comfortable overlapping, that aren't comfortable getting forward. And listen, we know Ben Godfrey's got great athleticism. That run that he did from, I think it was right back, he, he ran all the way the length of the pitch and, and tried to slide through. I think it was McNeil on the on the far left side. That's great. Athleticism, that's exactly what I wanted, exactly what we need. However, you know, in tight spaces, if you're looking for an overlap, Ben Godfrey and Mikalenko aren't those kind of players. And for me, as you said earlier with Ashley Young, he is old. He's a versatile squad option. However, for me, that game was not suited for him because it needed someone to unlock it. And I think it probably would have been more suited to Jack Harrison from the start. I know he doesn't offer much more going forward, but he does offer more energy and more attacking prowess. For me as well, that game was crying out for Dan Juma. And I genuinely do think we are missing him on the bench as an option or even from the start. I think his injury is being felt more than we maybe would have thought. Um, so yeah, for me, Dan Juma probably would have unlocked that game. Uh, and maybe created us a few more chances, but obviously it's it's all if buts. You know, you, you can't sit here and say Dan Juma would have won us that game. I think 
for me, that the tactics were the main downfall because we didn't have the ability to go forward. The tactics were more long ball, try and look for Calvert-Lewin and play off that and play off Decore. And unfortunately, against a team like Crystal Palace with, you know, they had Anderson at centre-half. I'm not sure who the other centre-half was. Richards. 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 Two big centre-halves that are good in the air. You know, it's just it's just going to be bread and butter for them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you made a very good point there about Arnat Danjuma. I think having someone who's just a bit more explosive might have been useful to have. And unfortunately, he is injured. And it'll be good to have him back as soon as we do because we don't have a player with the kind of, I suppose it's more just like rawness and he's a bit of a greedy player, in not in a bad way. Unpredictability, I think it is. Just you don't yeah. know what he's going to do. I think that's, that's for me, that's the big thing. It's just unpredictability. He's almost tunnel vision on the goal whenever he gets it, mm. which is good in a way because he wants to take shots and stuff. It doesn't always help with decision-making, but that could have helped in that game. I think the game also showed that the importance of Amadou Onana. Oh, yeah, Everton. 100%, yeah. He came on as a substitute against Manchester City and he was really, really good. And he came on here against Palace and I think he... He really changed the way that we were playing in general. Just watching him individually, you'd see when he received it, he'd show for it when he didn't have it. And when he got it, he was looking to pass and then move. And no one else in the team was really passing and moving. And it's it's the basics. It's what you get taught when you're younger, really. And him doing that, it just showed how useful a thing it is to do because Onana actually trying to move when he gets the ball was opening up spaces. And I think when he came on, he showed us what we'd been missing. So yeah, yeah. for me now, I'd be like, You've got to start him now. Oh, yeah, surely. 100%. Yeah, and listen, us as Everton fans, me included in this, I think we've underappreciated Amadou Anana, especially in the last three or four months, because, you know, he's a young player, he's inconsistent, he's going to show in games sometimes that he's, he's not got the, the full awareness of, say, a 25, 26-year-old midfielder. He is raw, he is young. However, his last two performances against Manchester City off the bench and then, obviously, Crystal Palace on Monday off the bench show me that he's going to be a top, top player because, as you said, getting the ball to feet, always showing for it and always looking up for that first pass. That's the biggest thing for me. He was always looking to be progressive and always looking to find that killer pass. And obviously the runs weren't there that he couldn't make that killer pass. So it probably makes him look a little bit worse than what he would have done in, let's like say, like a Manchester City team, for example. But, you know, for me, he is going to be crucial between now and the end of the season. So he starts for me oh, at yeah, the yeah, Amex yeah. next Saturday. And it's a very, very difficult game on paper. Again, that we have some very fond memories of from this time <laughs> last year. And, why not bring it up, Blues? We may as well have a little mention of that 5-1 victory last year. And We're a bit a mellow, day. aren't we? I was going to say, we're, we need to liven up a little bit. Let's talk about the 5-1, you know. It's all right not talked, day, <laughs> We've not talked about it for a while. <laughs> pretty, pretty good day out. Um, yeah, for me, I think we're not going to be able to replicate that, are we? I mean, stranger things have happened, but I don't think we're going to be able to replicate it. Yeah, I think it. we might win 6-1. <laughs> Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But I back us to probably put up a decent fight. It just seems like Dyche might have deserved his number a little bit mm. just with the way the way that Brighton play. Obviously, it kind of plays into our hands and you could say actually on paper, this game looks a bit better for us than last game because when you've got to take the game two teams, we struggle. But when you don't have much of the ball against Brighton, we do better and in the home game against Brighton this season. We finished on 20% possession <laughs> and got a point and limited them to very little really. So, I've got a bit of hope going into the Amex, but I just really want us to get a win under our belts because we needed it on Monday. It would have kick-started things. And draws are okay to keep the points tally ticking over, but you just need a win to get some momentum. We need to have a bit of a, a spring in our step going into those final few games. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I think I, I also agree with the point that Brighton is a, a pretty favourable team for us to play, especially this weekend, because, you know, 
we know we're not going to have all of the ball against Brighton. You know we're probably going to have the the minority of the ball. Um, but counter-attack, can we utilise the opportunities we get on the counter-attack? I think that's, for me, the biggest thing. I don't know who I'd start. Obviously, it would have been, for me, a game for Dan Juma. I think his pace on the break would have been huge for us. Calvert-Lewin can do that job for us. I think McNeil and Harrison can as well. Um, but I wouldn't change too much from the Crystal. It sounds mad because I, I thought every player was pretty much poor against Crystal Palace, but I wouldn't change too much because I think we've said it like three times now on, on, on I think we said it on our radio show before as well, um, that the team that played against Crystal Palace is the team that you would like to see how we set up against Brighton because you know you want to be defensive and then try and hit them on the counter-attack, which is what we did so well last season there. So yeah, I think this this does suit us a little bit more. Um, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt, because they've got top players. You know, they're, they're starting to hit a bit of form now. Like they they went into a little bit of a lull, didn't they? They were, I think, they were quietly going. It was it was on a, quite a a long run without winning a game. So you know, they're starting to get back to their form now. A big win against Sheffield United at the weekend. Um, so for me, I think it's going to be a tough game, but there's no reason why we can't hit them on the counter attack and try and get a positive result. They've not been the same team this season as they were last season. I mean, last season they had a, a dream season, and this year, like you say, the form hasn't quite been there in recent weeks. It seemed sometimes that you go win, lose, win, lose. They got thumped four 0 by Luton, didn't yeah, they? Remember yeah, yeah. that? So, you know, this team is not infallible, is it? And they score in pretty much every game, which is a worry because if we want to win, we have to score two. But they concede in most as well. Mm. So hopefully, a couple of breaks that could be how we win that game. And. You look at the players they've got. They've got some really talented young players there as well, haven't they? They've got. They just such, seem to spawn them in, don't they? Such an array of talent from all all ends of the world, don't they? Obviously, Kyrie Matoma's back in form now as well, back playing again. Simon Adingra's come back from the African Cup of Nations, really refreshed. Got a brace against Sheffield United, so he'll be full of confidence. Jao Pedro may return as well, and he's already hit 20 goals for Brighton this season wow. in all competitions. People don't talk about that, but he's a very, very good player. If he plays, I'll be worried. Evan Ferguson is on a bit of a drought yeah. at the minute. So, famous last words. Everton playing in back and forth. <laughs> of course, of course. I hope not, mate. I hope not. But that's the thing, and the fact that we can just reel off this many attacking yeah. players. Hinchelwood as well at fullback. He's another one that's come from nowhere. He looks quite the talent it shows how what they've got it's just it, they have really just done everything right haven't they and it's fair play to them they'll be awaiting their Europa League draw on Friday mm -hmm. they'll find out who they play in that so that'll be interesting for them and then they've got a cup game on Wednesday so hopefully they've just got their eye on the next few days after that because they'll be like oh who have we got in the Europa League and then let's get through in the cup so maybe we can just catch them off guard because mm. a win would probably mean a bit more to us than them at the minute they're sat in seventh in the Premier League and although they have struggled for a bit they are still in touching distance of the top six so they'll probably feel like even though they've had a bad run of form as long as you stay clinging on to the coattails mm. of the teams above you still have a chance so they'll be thinking can we win put the pressure on Man United won't they yeah yeah they will I'm going to put you on the spot now and I'm going to say a prediction what are you thinking for this one I'm going to go with what I said, 2-1, not 6-1. I'm going to go with 2-1 because you can't stop Brighton from scoring. They will score. That It yeah, seems yeah. pretty much inevitable. And I'm just hoping we get two counter-attacks and do everything perfectly because that's what we'll have to do when we do get it back. We have to be intent when we drive with it. We have to drive with purpose when we win the ball back and just put our chances away those chances will eventually turn into goals and I'm hoping it starts at the Amex. I hope you're right. I'm going to go a little bit more negative and go 2-2. I think 
you know, a draw on the road there, as much as we need three points, I think it will be a good result because it's a tough place to go, as I've said before. Um, I agree with your point that you're not going to keep them out. I think they're going to score against us like they did last season. Um, it's just, I think they've got a little bit more quality up front now. Obviously, if Jao Pedro's back, I think that's that's more likely to happen as a, as as he would get a brace or a Dingra. Obviously, as you said, he came back refreshed from the African Cup of Nations. But I think this is where Dominic Calvert-Lewin breaks his duck. I hope it is because, you know, he needs it. He needs one from open play. He needs one to just bundle in from a corner, anything. And it will hopefully do him the world of good in terms of confidence. I'm not sure if it will, but I hope it does. But for me, I'm going to go Dominic Calvert-Lewin, maybe to get one and Dwight McNeil to get the other one because we know how much he loves the Amex. I would absolutely take that, to be fair. You know, it wouldn't be quite what we had the year before, but it'd be a solid result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that win. Give us that win soon, please. And... Give us some points back as well if you're listening in Premier League. <laughs> we said in the last weekly rundown, in a week's time, things could look very different. And they don't look different because we've still not got the verdict. We thought we were getting the verdict on Tuesday. We didn't get it. We thought we were getting it today. We haven't got it. When are we going to get this verdict? I mean, the only difference, obviously, is us rising above that dotted line and coming out of the relegation zone. But that's the only difference. And yeah, as you say, this appeal, it's, it's taking its time, isn't it? And you know, we just need it now. We just need to get out of this period of limbo and, and head into the last period of the season with a clear a clear idea of how many points we need to get to stay in the division and then just look towards next season. I think that's everything we need. Yeah. Well, I'll see in a week's time. I'll say the same thing. In a week's <laughs> Don't time. Don't jinx it. It could be very different. It could be different. We could know that we have got none back. We could know we've got a few back. Who knows? But hopefully in a week's time, we're feeling a little bit better about Everton because that was... A real disappointment on Monday, but it's in the past now. It's time to move on. Hopefully, we can get enough points to stay in this Premier League because we really deserve to because we've earned enough points to do so. So, we'll see. (laughs) Not yet. We've got 30 points, though. So, in theory, we should be, what, six points off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is all from the weekly rundown today. We do hope you've enjoyed. Please do leave us a five-star review on Spotify and please just retweet our tweets on Twitter as well. We really need that interaction. We need more people to be listening to us. It'd be great if you could. We do hope you've enjoyed it. Speak to you next time. Up the toffees.